0: We really need to clean this place up a little bit.
1: Well, I mean, it does sort of just generally smell like dudes and ball sweat up in this place. So, yeah, but,
0: you know, so did my locker at high school, mostly because I stuck dudes with their balls in there. OK, then. Yeah. You no, know, I don't think they ever found Johnny. He <laughs> might still be in that locker right now. Or at least his balls. At least his balls are. Did you I don't know. If they, they probably won't find his head? I had that pretty well. Yeah, I think, I think I should be good. They can't pit it on me, though. They don't know. Nobody listens to the show
1: anyways. This is true.
0: Dave Thong! <laughs> so back Ladies and gentlemen, we are live! Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is the main event of the evening! Please welcome your host for today,
1: Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like.
0: And Troy is here. Hey. Hey. I call them like I see them, alright? Look at it this way, it's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick,
1: you work my arm, I work your arm. Same time, same time, it's like jerking off together, but not dead. We're not touching dicks, each other's dicks anyway, I'm touching my own dick. You're working it, and I'm
0: loving it. Well
1: enough is enough, and it's time for
0: The Rundown. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, it is... The Rundown Wrestling Podcast, but you already know that because you listened to the intro. I am your host, Troy, which you also know because you listen to the intro. And if you also listen to the intro, you should listen to the intro. You also know that Jason's here.
1: What's up? And uh, I guess right off the top, I should apologize. Last week, we had a little bit of uh, technical difficulties getting that episode up. Uh, So if you ended up with multiple downloads or downloads that didn't play, uh, not our fault. There were some issues apparently with Podomatic that worked themselves out later on in the day. But uh, rest assured, and Troy can attest, I spent much, much time trying to fix that, only to find out it was not my fault.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, apparently iTunes doesn't like swearing. Who knew?
1: All right. I don't think it was the title, though. Cause... No, it was it was not the title at all. It was, it was Podomatic being a fucking bag of dicks. And the title wasn't even a swear, really. It was just cock and it's a rooster. Yeah, it's true. It's true. i right. bet you if we search for episode titles in iTunes, there's a bunch that have the word cock in there with no problem. I guarantee you that's the case. I'm pretty um, sure there's a few in the rundown feed alone.
0: There definitely is on that. I know for a fact that Adam used to do it. Hey, remember when Adam was fun? All right, so we start this off with a 10-bell salute. I hope you yeah. got that fucking soundbite going <laughs> out <laughs> as as always the rundown wrestling podcast with its finger on the fucking pulse or the, its finger somewhere of news as we missed it last week <laughs> rest in peace to big bully music
1: yes yeah, so not not one yeah. of those guys cool. necessarily that you you really think of but it was just sort of around everywhere forever and i till i did a little looking uh this afternoon I had totally forgotten that that guy was on Global Wrestling Federation, which I was a big fan of back in the days when they were on ESPN. Um, so, yeah, he's sort of just a good hand that sort of was stuck around everywhere for a while.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, our thoughts and and uh, prayers go out to Orny Lorkin and the family of Big Billy Busick. Uh, uh, all right. And, and what? He's his son, Biff Busick. Oh, jeez. All right. And <laughs> the Rundown likes to wish a special happy birthday to. Mr. Canellis, Mike Bennett. One of Troy's favorites. That's right. So, yeah, stay off those pills, buddy.
1: All right. I Do you like him for his wrestling skills or because of his wife? Um, so I
0: admire him for his wife. Okay. Um, I like him because he seemed like a generally good dude. I used to listen to Mike and Maria in Wonderland, the yeah. podcast that they did together. Um. He seemed like a, a regular average dude. Which um, in the wrestling world can be kind of hard to find sometimes.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So I I liked him for that. I I enjoy his wrestling. I thought that you know um, him in the Kingdom. I thought was a great run for him. Um. It would have been nice to see them do maybe a little bit more with him. Uh. His New Japan work was pretty decent as well. Uh. It's it's a shame that. Things have gone the way they have in WWE because at this point it's it's very difficult I think for them to overcome what they've the the damage they've done to his character. Um, but who knows? Anything could happen. I mean, Rey Mysterio was made a main eventer eventually when Eddie Guerrero died. So uh, here's hoping that uh, somebody uh, that somebody close to Mike Bennett dies and oh, he can Jesus get uh, <laughs> he can get pushed up the card a little bit.
1: Well, uh, the reality is I think he was always. A package act with Maria and now Maria's not around so he's not as much of a focal point I think hopefully when she comes back they'll they'll do a little bit more with them but yeah uh, great guy, know him from the area, know a lot of people who are very close to him uh, basically like I said just good genuine dude um, I've never met anybody that had a bad word to say about Mike and I don't either so happy birthday Mike right on yeah. and we go,
0: go from a uh... From a guy who used to take ten pills a day to a guy with
1: a ten bell salute to a guy with a, a guy with a wife who's the perfect ten,
0: a ten, a ten, a fucking ten.
1: We start things off with some
0: money in the bank qualifiers. Uh, first off, Bobby Roode wound up defeating No Way Jose because fuck that guy, I guess. And Baron Corbin, so Corbin will not get a second chance at it, at the uh, at the briefcase, which is probably for the better. Did you say briefcase? Yes, it is a beef case. Okay. Um, <laughs> guys. the new day, the new day wound up beating the bar, uh, which, uh, in, in a kind of an odd match, but whoever won it was going to be able to to decide. We knew if the bar was going to win it, that Sheamus was definitely not going to be in this match. Uh, but instead the new day won it, but they did not announce which one of their members is actually going to be in it. Um, then we were supposed to have a match with Bobby Lashley, Elias and Jinder Mahal. But uh, instead, because Roman Reigns was told at the top of the show he was not going to get another chance to qualify for Money in the Bank, he decided to take it out on the modern-day Madara, and instead Kevin Owens was put into the match, and wound up winning. So for the men, the updated one, the the updated Money in the Bank competitors so far: Bobby Roode, Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Rusev, The Miz one of Big E, Kofi Kingston, or Xavier Woods, and the winner of Big Cass and Samoa Joe, which is set for next week. So of those dudes, who who right now is your initial pick to win the Money in the Bank briefcase? Uh,
1: the one who's not officially in it yet, and I'm going Samoa Joe. I think he'd be perfect in that role. I think Kevin Owens would be great in that role, too. So I could easily see either one of those guys. Um I don't think Owens needs it as much. I think he's already sort of legitimized as a, as a top guy. I think Joe could benefit far more from it. Uh, so mm. if I was booking on the fly, I would book it for Samoa Joe. I will say that even though he lost to Bobby Roode, uh, I want to congratulate No Way Jose on his new sponsorship deal with Sprite. Um, because if you've seen his new gear, it's clear that they fucking bought that shit for him. Uh, other than that, this week was another sort of, I mean Kevin Owens, hats off to Kevin Owens, and we, we'll talk about it in a little bit. But the the, the match he had to, to the beginning of Raw, and then to come back and and work that match later, a hell of an effort by Kevin Owens this week. Uh, Bobby Lashley, if it was a tag team match, he'd have been better because you know tag team specialist. Uh, the mm-hmm. whole New Day thing I find a little stupid. The, the a three a three versus two match where the winning team gets to pick one guy to go. Now as for who they're gonna pick. Uh, if this is the start of a of an actual sort of breakup or at least splintering of the group, uh, to me the obvious choice is Big E, and this mm-hmm. is sort of your your mechanism. Maybe you start to see the cracks in the foundation as they fight over who should get that opportunity. Um, obviously from a standpoint of past performances in a ladder match, Kofi would be the easy pick. Uh, mm-hmm. But they also seem to be really intent on showcasing Xavier Woods as a as star. As uh, sort of top guy lately too. He seems to be stealing wins from Sheamus and Cesaro to get them into this match. And then he seemed to be really highlighted in that match. So I, I really have no idea which way they're going with that one.
0: Yeah. to me, uh, money, the, the, the men's money in the bank almost has to be won by a SmackDown guy just because of the situation on raw. Um, if they're going, you know, yes, obviously if they're going to use it as a way to take the title off of, of Brock, then you know a raw guy will win it, but um, to me it seems like the like a SmackDown guy is going to be winning the the at least the men's side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, now for the for the women, we had a qualifying match as Alexa Bliss uh, beat Bailey and Mickey James, and Becky Lynch beat Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Uh, we found out also that next week we'll have a qualifying match between Lana and Billy Kay. So right now. Uh, we have Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair. As long as she gets her tits fixed, because we just <laughs> she she got her she got her face fixed, which her, is good. Her uh, teeth, she, uh, her teeth. Yep, uh, which is why you know, of course, she was not on this past uh, Spectrum episode. Uh, Amber Moon, Billy Kay, or, or Lana, and we assume two or three more members will be joining this this squad here soon. So well, we've
1: got eight right total. So how what are we up to now?
0: Right now uh, we we have four, and then Billy Kay and Lana would make make the fifth member. So,
1: by the um, way, did so. anyone, I, I did you catch that Lana promo on SmackDown? No. She she comes in and interrupts Rusev and Aiden English. Now, despite the fact they teased dissension amongst this group with Lana wanting him to ditch Aiden, apparently now they're all three are best friends, and Lana legit three or four different times went back and forth between no accent and accent in the same sentence. It was insane. Mm
0: there's a that doesn't surprise me there's a big part of me that would love to see rusev and lana both win money in the bank match <laughs> well, they, and they talked about that against.
1: mr and mrs money in the bank mm, i think that would be a be a fun thing but then
0: obviously you'd have to have them cash in and lana is not of a, a quality of wrestler that we would like to see the championship on especially if you're going from carmela to lana eh? um and then of course with rusev they're not going to give him the championship um, so, uh, obviously, you know, just looking at, at the field for the women, uh, Ember Moon, I think is a good, good person who might win this champ, win, win the, the, uh, the briefcase there, uh, just because they seem very high on her. Um, other than that, it's, it's kind of hard to figure out, you know, who they want to push because obviously we found out, um, you know, a couple of the, of the championship matches and however those are going to go, um. But uh, you know they could always throw a swerve and actually give it to Becky Lynch and push her back up, you know, the card which well. she would be very deserving of. Uh, but I doubt it.
1: Well, I think so far mostly what we have in there is faces, except for Alexa, who I don't think any of us will will believe needs to be Money in the Bank. Uh, but that's typically a role they they often reserve for a heel, and mm. it's sort of the cash in sort of fits a heel much better than it does a face anyway. Uh, yeah. Historically, it's been a heel, a, a tool used by a heel. Um, I, I don't know who they're. Gonna, I, I really can't can't figure out where they're going with this. I will say, I thought it was sort of. I, I don't know if it was intentionally done this way, but basically, both women's qualifiers were booked the same way as in, you know, on Raw you have Alexa and Mick, Mickey who are sort of a unit uh, in a match where they're sort of ganging up on Bailey. On SmackDown, you have Mandy and Sonya, who are sort of a, a group, uh, not the same group as Sonya and Seth Rollins' Nazi ex-girlfriend, who are apparently now a lesbian couple. Hot! Um, yes, I figured you'd like that story. Um, <laughs> but, but Though it would be a pro, apropos in the perfect ten, it just didn't seem to fit in this week. Um But they did not only did they book the matches in terms of the personnel in the same way, pretty much, but they then went and proceeded to do the exact same spot in both matches where the allies are working together. One goes to get the face, and the other one rolls the other one up and tries to steal the pin. Alexa did it to Mickey. Mandy did it to Sonya. The exact same spot in both matches, a day apart.
0: And this has been the issue... Uh, with the booking of of the women on both shows for the last time i mean we had we had two three women teams debut the same week on the shows and you're like they're it's clearly the same fucking formula hot blonde chick you know mma chick and you know alternative chick both teams look identical like it's it's been the same way and we've we've been talking about before that they've they've run the same kind of of you know stories on both things it's it's just lazy and it's lazy booking to do it as well and it's it's lazy of the road agents to just turn around and be like oh they did it on monday Ah, fuck it we'll do it again too you know but you know, um, you know, speaking of units, mine's going to be out because we found out that uh Naya will will defend her belt against Ronda and Carmella will defend her belt against Asuka at Money in the Bank, so we have two women's Money in the Bank uh championship matches set as well as the Money in the Bank ladder match.
1: Um now, yeah, the women with, are getting a very prominent role in this in this Network special. Um mm-hmm. I wonder why. Well, weird. Um,
0: now the Carmella and Oscar one, you know, I'm assuming that Billy Kay and Peyton Royce would probably both be in the Money in the Bank ladder match.
1: Well, Peyton Royce um, has already lost a qualifier. She lost to Charlotte.
0: Oh, that's true. That's true. Um, well, she could. She'll probably still get. She'll get another chance. They don't they, have that many women to put in this
1: match. Well, and so. they usually do their second chance sort of yeah. gimmick somewhere along the way. So, right. Um, but even so, I think that they could
0: easily have Carmella retain but it seems like it's it's going to be Asuka you know winning that championship uh, then over on the raw side of things they didn't have much of a choice on this one because you you can't continue to you know get about Ronda you need to book her for something because she was at WrestleMania and then they haven't really done much with her and they they seem to have altogether dropped the Natalia thing which is good um, and they, they needed to have her, I mean, there would have been a question of why why isn't Ronda getting a title shot? And so now, you know, they, they kind of did it where she gets her title shot. I don't know if they're going to have her defeat Naya for this, but, you know, you, you spun Alexa off, you know, so she's not in the title picture anymore. So you had to do something, and I think this is probably the best use of it. And maybe it, you know, I mean, it sucks for Naya Jax she's going to lose it already, but... And again, you know, she hasn't looked good. so
1: I, and I think the the interesting part to this is that money in the bank sort of adds an extra element to this because you could easily do an angle where Rhonda wins, Naya you know flips out and destroys her after the match and then whoever wins the female money in the bank cashes in that night. I mean that's a possibility. Right. There are all sorts of ways yeah. you could sort of get out of that thing. Uh, I think it's way too soon uh, for this match. They sort of booked themselves into a corner by the way they put this show together. Uh, obviously, if you want to have Ronda out there, you, she can't be in the Money in the Bank match because she's certainly not at that stage yet where she's ready for that. Um, right. So you need to put her out there with someone, and everybody else of significance is going to be in that match. And then if you add another match, now you're talking about four women's matches. And so I, I see why they're doing it. Um, yeah. I just don't know that. We'll, we'll see. Now, I, I imagine they're going to fly, you know, spend Naya is going to spend a good amount of time down at the Performance Center, and they're going to work the shit out of this match, and it's uh-huh. going to be perfected and ready to go by the time Money in the Bank rolls around. We just hope Naya remembers which leg to do the backbreaker on. Um, exactly. But, yeah, I, I think it's actually going to probably exceed expectations. Uh, I can't say the same about the other match we found out about. Yeah. Um, now, here's my, here's my issue with, with the SmackDown Women's Championship match. I understood the notion of having Charlotte end the streak at WrestleMania. I understood what they were going for if the plan from the jump was already leading into next year of having you know Charlotte versus Ronda at WrestleMania. in sort of a big moment. If the plan, if the reason, if we ended Asuka's undefeated streak for the sole purpose of having Carmella cash in on Charlotte and then immediately drop the title to Asuka anyway, it's just, to me, the height of idiocy in booking. Because if you're going to put the belt on Asuka anyway, you might as well left her feeling special, left the streak intact, and just had her do it at WrestleMania.
0: Right. Yeah, I hear you. You know, the other thing, too, is, you know... Other, Asuka is coming off a singles loss to Charlotte. You know, she's coming off a tag team loss. Uh, and then she, she's got a win now against Carmella and the Iconics. But again, that's a, a six-person tag team match. So that's not really strong booking heading into this. And obviously, we got a couple more weeks here and everything like that. But there, there doesn't seem to be a lot of sense in why Asuka would get this shot. Because like... Reasons. She's yeah, because reasons, because it really wasn't, you know, it wasn't wasn't like, you know, Kamala said, I'm going to fight you for it or anything of that. She wasn't winning left and right and being like, she's got to get a fucking title shot now because she's she's beating everybody else. No, nothing. It was just like, yeah, she's there.
1: That's because she was having a melibration, which, by the way, I, I thought was actually pretty cool. I liked the melibration. I thought it was <laughs> well done with the town yeah. crier, with the introduction, and then the, mm-hmm. the guys, the the palace guards marching out and the belt on a pedestal with the pillow. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, and then Paige came out and went, baby girl, baby girl, baby girl. Uh, oh, God. You know, <laughs> And introduces Oscar, so, who says nothing. Paige has seriously become the,
0: the female Hulk Hogan with that. Because Hulk <laughs> Hogan with his brother. Brother, 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 brother. Baby girl, baby girl is, now, is, is the new brother.
1: Um, <laughs> but now with less racism. Yes, well... She was well, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, eh, she's she takes black guys, uh, <laughs> and
0: Latinos. That's true. Uh, so yeah, the only thing that I can really see, uh as being as being something really really useful here is if we take one of the of the women, and turn them heel, and the perfect way that you do that is you have them win the Money in the Bank. You have them then beat the living hell out of Ronda before she can even do her match, and then beat the living hell out of Naya, cash in and win the championship in a complete heel move. It's a good way way to do a heel heel turn. Someone like Sasha would be perfect for that. You know, other than that, yeah, I think it's it's so hard because I don't think that they're gonna do both Money in the Banks on one show.
1: Well, and here's the other um, thing, and I don't think they've specified this, but because it is now co-branded, you have to wonder, if you're a SmackDown talent, you in the briefcase, can you cash it in on a Raw superstar? Because yeah. you're on the same shows now, where you weren't before. Right. So. Oh.
0: And, you know, the the old brands, brand split that we had, you could. And we had guys switch shows by using the money in the bank, you know? Oh, or even the Royal Rumble, you know. It was I'm gonna I'm gonna choose to face you instead of you know Bobby Lashley because nobody wants the ECW Championship, <laughs> you know. So yeah, so there there's always that element to it as well. And you know, could you see somebody like Finn win the fucking briefcase and then cash in on on AJ Styles, you know?
1: It's possible. Actually, I'm starting to see envision a scenario where perhaps um, we see. Daniel Bryan somehow end up as WWE Champion and The Miz has the briefcase. That could be. I just I could see that happening.
0: Yeah, I mean The Miz would be a a, a good holder of the briefcase. Yeah, you know, he's definitely he again. Yeah, no, I'm fine with I'm fine with the guy winning again because he's a he's a far different worker than he was when he first won it. Right. Um, and not to mention the fact that he has he has paid his dues and he's pushed himself through his work and in ring work into a main event spotlight so i'm i'm 100 percent behind that um all right so um speaking of women and what i want to do to them all in sell sold out in just 30 fucking minutes um now i know that the the there are some people who will turn around and say ah oh, well you know some of those were were people buying them and it's or that that doesn't fucking matter what matters is is the fact that this that this this wrestling event thrown together by a couple of fucking workers not promoters Mm -hmm. not not owners a couple of workers put this thing together and it fucking sold out in 30 minutes and it's going to make a ton of money for the venue a ton of money money for the workers and a ton of of money for those guys Mm -hmm. and that's great because this was one of those things where where they sat there and they said hey we can do this and we're going to show everyone we can do this and fuck anyone who says we can't do this. And they did. They put their money where their mouth was, and they fucking did it. And they wound up getting a ton of talent for this thing, too.
1: Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a who's who of independent wrestling. Yeah. Uh,
0: I mean, you know, the, the show itself seems like it's going to be great. Um, they've done they've done a phenomenal job of that. And the fact that they're, they didn't do a whole lot of advertising or anything like that for this you know this was this was a really grassroots effort to try to see if they could put together a show and it's is the venue five five thousand people ten
1: thousand ten thousand that was the impetus of this whole thing was at some point somebody asked melter if he thought the young bucks and the bullet club could sell out a ten thousand seat arena and he said something to the effect of not anytime soon uh to which the young Bucks said oh really give us a year uh, and that was sort of the the driving force to put this whole thing together. To me, this really speaks to a couple different things. This speaks to, obviously, the popularity of the Bullet Club. Um, and to, hats off to them, because in the wrestling business, very few people have been able to find their niche and sort of virally market themselves into the top acts in the business. Zack Ryder did it for a few minutes with his YouTube show. Um, but these guys with the Being the Elite series, they I mean, they've run... Pay per view angles through their YouTube show. This guy, these guys are are absolutely cutting edge in terms of the way they present and market themselves. Um, but to me, this also speaks, and, and we'll get into it in the main event of the Perfect Ten. Um, this speaks to me a lot, though, about what the fan base is is telling people, and what the fan base to me is telling is telling us by this action, this result is they want a different type of product. They don't want the product that they're getting in larger companies. And again, we'll touch on that later on. But you look at the, and and this is not specifically an isolated incident. New Japan's show in Long Beach sold out in a similar fashion very, very quickly. I I think that one might have been 15 minutes or something like that. It was a smaller venue, but still. The, The point is people are hungry for the alternatives. And when the alternatives are good, it makes them even better, man. It, it, it makes the business healthier. But it also, it's great for the boys, but it's great for the fans because there are options. There are things out there. Um, and, and this is just, it, to me, this is a monumental moment for professional wrestling, especially on the independent level. That card is sick. These guys accomplished something huge. Say what you want about scalpers or whatever because that's a fact that that's a fact you deal with in any situation where you're selling tickets that are hot. The boys are getting paid. That's the part that fucking matters to me at least. Um, and you know, to their credit, the young bucks even came out and said it's it's it sucks that they hear all those reports because the whole point of this was that everybody that wanted to get a ticket to come see them would be able to and in some cases that's not always going to be the case. Uh, so at least hats on them for acknowledging that. Uh, but these guys, like I said, these guys are just next level in terms of how they present and market themselves.
0: Right. So let's uh, let's run it down right now. We only there is actually only one match announced, uh, and that is Nick Aldis defending the NWA World Heavyweight no. Championship against no, no, Cody no, no, Rhodes. No, no,
1: no, 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 no. Cody Rhodes will compete for the NWA Heavyweight Championship. Now, it is currently held by Nick Aldis, but all okay. of the marketing they have put out there is that Cody's competing for the NWA championship. Right. My take on this, do not be shocked if in the next couple weeks, or, or I don't know when the all-in event is. When is it again? Do you have a date? Uh, it is September 1st. Okay. Sometime between now and September 1st, I would not at all be shocked if Nick Aldis drops the NWA heavyweight title to Flip Gordon. Just saying, yeah. they're doing a whole angle on Being the Elite where Flip's not booked on the show, mm-hmm. but the NWA champion, whomever that may be, is booked mm-hmm. on the show. So I wouldn't be shocked if this is the vehicle for Flip Gordon to get on the show to put the NWA title on him. I can see it. Yep. And Billy Corrigan was seen this week hanging out with the Young Bucks. Uh, mm-hmm. Need I remind you who owns the NWA these days?
0: Yes, that's right. All right.
1: So the, the list of people who will be there who are all in. Uh,
0: Steven Amell, Kenny Omega, <laughs> yes. Penta L0M, Ray Phoenix, Kazuchika Okada, Diana Perrazzo, Tessa Blanchard, obviously Cody, The Young Bucks, Joey Janela, Brett Baker, Jay Lethal, Penelope Ford, Chelsea Green, Marty Skrull, Adam Page, uh, are all announced to be on the card, just they haven't decided what, they're gonna, what the matches are going to be. Right. Um, also, before the event... Uh Conrad Thompson will host Starcast, which is gonna be a fan convention which we'll see CM Punk, fuck CM Punk, Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, Bruce Pitchard, and Macaulay Culkin all attend that.
1: And Disco um, Inferno.
0: Yeah, but nobody cares about them. Um also uh Rey Mysterio will also be on the card. So there there you go. That is a lot of fucking uh fucking talent there. Um <laughs> so it looks like right now Nick Aldis is scheduled to defend the title against PJ Black. So but obviously, like you said, there's a lot that can happen between that. Right. Um <laughs> and this will be special, of course, because if Cody wins, he'll be the first father son duo to held to hold the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Since Dusty Rhodes was NWA champion.
1: And I really that... had my money on David Flair.
0: I know. He was he was close. He was close. Um but yeah that that's really fucking cool that's that's something that uh you know they turned around and and they 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 took it to heart that you know they would be they would be doubted and this is what they're doing they're showing that hey as as independent workers and independent shows can draw money so
1: and when and when you when you want to sit there and talk about the the accomplishments... Hold on one second. I just want to check out one thing. Um, when you talk about the accomplishments uh, of what this is, this is a 10,000-seat arena. They sold out in 30 minutes, and the reason I was just paused for a second is I wanted to look something up so I can give you an accurate number here. Um, they sold that out in, in, in 30 minutes with an independent wrestling show. Mm-hmm. As a frame of reference... Last summer, the WWE held SummerSlam at the Barclays Center and had trouble selling it out. I'm not even sure if it finally ended as a sellout, but it was was very close. It took a long time if it did sell out, and that's 19,000 seats. Now, you'll sit there and say that's almost double, and I will grant you that. However, you're talking about the marketing ability of the WWE for their second biggest event of the year, second only to WrestleMania, versus an independent show. Mm-hmm. that tells you something man if you're if you're looking at it and again we'll talk about WWE later spoiler alert that's the last thing we're going to discuss in the perfect 10 um, and, and as it relates to this and this is what spawned that topic but that's something if you're the WWE you should be sitting there looking at that and starting to worry but we'll talk mm-hmm. about that later there you go alright
0: so um, what do we got here We had a match. Uh, Seth Rollins, of course, yet again, did his open challenge, Mm -hmm. uh, because apparently Jeff Hardy can't do it with the US Championship. But Seth Rollins held his open challenge for the IC belt, and Kevin Owens answered the call. Kevin Owens on a losing streak, um, trying to get back into it, and the two of them decided, we don't give a fuck that this is on TV, because we're going to just have a great fucking match. Mm -hmm. And they tore the fucking house down. Um... It it was a match where yet again you could conceivably think that Kevin Owens could win the IC belt. Mm-hmm. And which is which is always good for you know these open challenges. Because nobody thought that Neville was going to be John Cena for the US championship. But it was still cool to watch the match. This one you're like, this could conceivably end in somebody else having the IC belt.
1: Small so, point, small point of contention. I don't think it was Neville. I think Neville challenged Seth Rollins in the US Open tournament. It wasn't Cena. Did he? I believe so. I believe it no, was that no, brief no. window after SummerSlam where Rollins had just beat Cena for the US Open US Championship and had both mm. belts.
0: No, I gotta look it up.
1: But anyways, yeah, so the, <laughs>
0: the match itself was, uh, was really good. Um, you know, Monday Night Rollins continues to just be like, I'm just gonna make every single match that I participate in the best fucking match ever. He's going to make it really hard for end of the year awards. Let's just put it that way. Um, but yeah, this this match definitely you know one of the better ones we've seen on Raw. Uh, they gave it time, they gave it room mm-hmm. to breathe, mm-hmm. and uh, you know Rollins wound up winning uh, to continue you know his his run with the championship. But yeah, uh, you know,
1: and, and, and again, we're gonna this is all going to tie together later on. But again. It seems like WWE is now booking Seth Rollins with the gimmick of guy who has excellent matches every week. And he's more fucking over than he's ever been. Mm -hmm. Do the fucking math. This guy, the burn it down thing has been there forever. And it was fucking ridiculous. And we all mocked it. And now it's over. Now it's getting burn it down chants at every arena. Because the guy performing as Seth Rollins has gotten over. And he hasn't gotten over because he's become great on the mic all of a sudden. He's gotten over because they're putting him in a position to have excellent performances in the ring. The Young Bucks, not over for their promo skills. They're over because of the shit they do in the ring. Kenny Omega, over because of what he does in the ring. That is what today's fan wants. For better or worse, and you can argue with it if it's the right way to market the sport, entertainment, whatever you want to call it, but it's what the fan base is craving and asking and demanding these days, and WWE wants to spoon-feed it to them instead of just giving it to them.
0: Yep. Uh, By the way, suck my dick, because it was, in fact, Neville taking on John Cena. Uh, Neville won via DQ when Rusev interfered in the match.
1: Uh, I still think Neville did an open challenge with Seth Rollins because I believe Neville's debut in the main roster was against Seth Rollins in an open challenge.
0: Hold on. <laughs> uh, you are incorrect. Um, he may he may have debuted. Actually, his debut was against Curtis Axel on on Monday Night Raw. Then he faced Seth Rollins the okay. following Raw, Other but raw. no no title in the line.
1: Well, fuck, it was an open challenge, that's
0: all I fucking know. My, no, no, my point was not Neville could potentially win. My point was that the championship could potentially change hands, and nobody thought that Neville was going to take the U.S. title off of John Cena. I
1: never. I, you could have picked any of the fucking 800 people that did. Zack Ryder got at the U.S. Open fucking challenge at one point, too. Nobody thought he was going to win, either. Right, but
0: that's what I'm saying, which that's what made this one different. Well,
1: difference. the point with Seth fucking Rollins is he had a fucking... <laughs> Really good match with Mojo Rawley the week fucking before. So this guy right now, his gimmick is guy who has good matches and it's fucking working. That's the point. That's the takeaway. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's amazing. You know, there's a reason why people still love Seth because the guy has fucking great matches. Yes. You know, and if you let a guy go out there and just have a great fucking match, they can get over just on that. Now, it does obviously help that Seth is somebody who can talk. But that's not what he's doing right now. What he's doing is turning around and burning it down. <sighs> All right. So uh, we did – speaking of debuts, we did I, have somebody debut as Andrade Cian almost debuted against Jabber in a you know, typical opening or first match on, on a card. And um, then I
1: predicted that winner correctly.
0: No, you didn't. Uh, it, I'm always of two minds with these things because – I don't. I don't think it's conducive always to have your DBUs be against jobbers. I think if you want to build a guy up without having him just take out everybody, like like the Goldberg run, I think then you have him, you know feed some jobbers. But I think that their first match should always be against an established talent, so they can get a win over it and they can they can start things off on the right foot. Because right now, and try to see almost beat a guy who nobody fucking knew his name. Nobody's gonna see this guy again, and it's inconsequential. It's like, okay, well, yeah, we got a little showcase of what he could do, but, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's not a memorable debut. Like, I look at memorable debuts like John Cena has a memorable debut because he put on a great fucking match against, against Kurt Angle. It doesn't matter that he lost. What matters is that, that he was able to showcase his ability in the ring with a, an established con- competitor, and they were able to tell a good story on it. You can't tell a good story when Andrade Cien Almas goes up against Johnny Analog in a fucking nothing throwaway match. You know, not saying it was it was a bad debut. I just think that it could have been better.
1: I, uh, you know, sure. Yeah, I mean, you, you can certainly make that case. Um, the Bludgeon Brothers made their debut for months, just beating the shit out of teams. Uh, beating the shit out of jobbers is what got Rye back over originally as a huge fucking monster. Uh, you could say the same thing about Braun Strowman. Nia Jax. So, uh, this yeah, form... but the, but, you're, but everybody
0: you just listed there are monsters. Sure. Andrade and City almost is not a monster.
1: No, but I think by doing it this way, you got everything out of it that you needed to. Andrade came across like a big deal, like a, a huge performer, like a, a very talented guy. It afforded Zelina an opportunity to get on the mic and sort of show the main roster what she could do. Again, you're talking about – and people sometimes often forget, I think – that because we follow what happens down in NXT that everyone that follows the WWE doesn't and that's just not the case you could look at the numbers um, so for the people who are not familiar with Andrade he went out there and looked like a big star whereas if you put him out there with somebody else and you know okay this guy had a nip and tuck match with fucking Zack Ryder you know great now what does that tell me about that guy? No way, Jose. That's what he is. He's the, he's another No Way Jose. All right, great. On to the next thing. What you did by doing this, because not many people get the jobber match anymore. So what you told me by giving me this jobber match is that wow, this guy's special. He's getting one of those matches that only the real the guys who turn into really big things get. Fair enough. Plus, um, like I said, Zelina got a chance to get on the mic, and I think she killed it. So hats off to her.
0: Yeah, she did a good job. You know. Yeah, it was a little, you know, cut and paste, you know, just we're here, we're here to take over, you know, we don't have, there's no real competition here, blah, 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 blah. But,
1: but those you know, abs, though.
0: She Yeah, damn abs, man.
1: Yeah, she's pretty,
0: and she talks good, so.
1: And she's not dating Austin Aries anymore, so.
0: That's that's true, that's true. Uh, speaking of, of pretty people that talk good, Nakamura and AJ <laughs> Styles finally had a good match, and there was no title on the line.
1: Yeah, this was, to me, easily their best match of this series by far. Uh, I thought the ending sequence was great where Nakamura pretends that AJ hit him in the dick and the referee sort of buys it, allowing long enough for Nakamura to hit the reverse exploder right into the Kinshasa. Where the fuck was this ending in any of the 45 other matches they've had? Um, But yeah, no, I I thought this was great. Uh, I would have liked to have seen Nakamura sort of tell us what the stipulation is right off the bat. But there's also like six more weeks till the pay-per-view, so I understand why they didn't. Right. I'm
0: assuming it's going to be a steel cup on a pole match, but that's me. Um, <laughs> uh, or, it's, or it's going to be a cock-knocking match. It's going to be like a brand new stipulation. Uh, whoever gets, Yeah, whoever gets the most uh, most cock shots in the 30-minute minute period. Uh, most most likely, I'm thinking it's probably going to be Iron Man match. would
1: going to be an um, Iron Dick match.
0: Yes, an iron, an iron
1: Cock match. Last we'll Man see. Standing um, was probably my pick.
0: I can see Last Man Standing as well, yeah. The
1: Iron Man. Um, match, but... The problem with the Iron Man match, and you know, there are certain times I've seen it pulled off well, but the problem with the Iron Man match is you tend to lose the crowd because they all know that nothing is going to matter until that last minute or two. Right. So you have 20 minutes of a dead crowd that knows nothing of any significance is going to happen here.
0: Right. These are these are two very capable guys. Um, but I still I will I would still struggle to have to ho- to have two guys hold my interest for 60 minutes. I've never been a huge fan of the Iron Man match um, just because of the fact that it's hard on the workers and they have no choice but to have rest spots in it, you know, and that's when you start losing a crowd. When both of your guys are down for a little bit and they're doing the nine count and stuff like that, the crowd is just like, whatever, man. Is this we have only like 20 minutes in. It feels like we've been doing this for two hours. You know, um, I think that both of the guys are really good workers, but it, inevitably, yeah, you're going to lose the crowd. Um, you're going to have dead spots in it, and they're—they're yeah. they're, they're much better there, suited for other special events. There or are other few... other gigs.
1: Yeah, there are a few spots where I think you could get away with something. I think you could get, uh, for example, Gargano and Ciampa. I think they could pull off an Iron Man match and have it be compelling uh, because it has enough backstory build to it that it can make it work. I don't see it working well with these two guys. I could be wrong. And it's not that they can't go out there and be entertaining for an hour, because I think they absolutely could. Um, In fact, their match in New Japan was, was, I think, half hour plus. So it was very long and very good. Um, but I don't, know, I, just, I don't think this audience is going to buy it. I don't think the way WWE has booked this feud makes it stand up to that type of a match, uh, so I think mm-hmm. Last Man Standing is probably the winner. Yeah. yeah, but we'll see. Probably next week.
0: All right, so recently on the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast, uh, he talked about the fact that Braun Strowman's character might be in trouble. Uh, he specifically cited the fact that Braun Strowman was billed as a monster... And now suddenly is being used in tag team matches left and right.
1: Tag team specialist, Bronson.
0: and that they, yep, and that they've sort of humanized his character a little bit. Um, not to mention the fact that also he seems uh to be like an arrow without feathers on the back of it. He, there's there's no direction in his character right now. We're not sure exactly what he's doing. Um, so I wanted to have this good discussion for a little bit on if you think that Braun Strowman's character is is in trouble. Or if you think that this is just you know something that they need to, to do every once in a while to to float them until they can get them back in the main events.
1: I think they're killing time till SummerSlam. I, I I at this point I think that's where we're going. Um, although you watch Raw on Monday night and they're really hardcore pushing this Roman Reigns versus the Authority sort of thing, which makes you now wonder if maybe they're they are really planning on this Roman Reigns thing continuing the SummerSlam. But who knows. Um, to me, this is filler. The problem is, and we see this all the time with a lot of guys we talk about on this show all the time, you look at Sasha, you look at Bailey. they cool down these people by not utilizing them when they're hot as hell, and then when they finally get around to utilizing them, the crowd doesn't care anymore because you've devalued them right. to that point. Yeah. I
0: uh, Yeah, I'm with you on that as well. We, we've seen this before, um, you know, the The last time that Brock and Braun faced off, I thought would have been the perfect time for them to pull the trigger on on Braun because he was so fucking hype at the time. And then they turned around, and obviously the whole WrestleMania debacle uh, really showed delight the that they didn't know what to do with him, and they knew they had to get him on the card somehow. So they did, you know, they decided to just say, ah, fuck it, nobody cares about tag team wrestling anyways, even though we do. Um, and now, yeah, then we're back to now he has a nothing match with Sammy and Kevin, which, while it was a good match, it was still like, what is this guy doing? No, no, I again, go back to
1: fucking WrestleMania. That's where this bullshit yeah. started. You had yep. you booked the entire show without your hottest fucking act as a face. And then you decide, hell oh, will throw him into a tag team match. OK, fine. You even managed to make it a little bit interesting as as the mystery partner. And who's going to be the mystery partner? And then you did what you did, you made him into a complete fucking comedy act, and and now we'll see, but you really wonder if the cool-off is coming and coming quick.
0: Yeah. I, I'm with you on that.
1: Uh, speaking of coming, um,
0: we... I, I only wanted to touch on this really quickly because it could be a touchy subject um, but we found out that uh, Enzo Amore will have no criminal charges brought up against him due to lack of evidence um so I wanted to start this little segment off by saying a oh, fuck what's NXt um and also on
1: top of that yeah, uh, let, to hold say... on. let's 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 clarify that aspect of it because hey. that that was, that was sort of a private issue um that that the people at home may not be hundred percent privy to. Uh, that that was directed at me uh, because what happened was on this show when this story originally broke about Enzo, I had the earth-shattering take that maybe mm-hmm. we need to sit back and wait and see what happens with this story before we immediately condemn Enzo Amore as being a vile rapist. Um, I mm-hmm. pointed out that there were some questionable things online as it related to his accuser including her own friends uh saying that Mm -hmm. she she had lied about it they had text messages to back up that she had lied about it etc etc to which i didn't even accuse her of lying i simply said we don't know let's let it play out before we start you know accusing somebody of being a rapist because that is a bell you really can't unring um in the course of speaking with our friends who host, uh, what's NXT and by friends, I mean, people we've emailed with twice. Um, they seem to take, or at least one of them seem to take great offense at my suggestion that we don't instantly draw on quarter. Enzo Amore label him a rapist, kick him out of the country. Um, because they, I guess they don't like him as a performer. So instantly he loses his rights to innocence until proven guilty. Um, Mm-hmm. But that was that was basically the whole premise of, of the comment Troy made. Um, so I again I make no apologies for my, my premise. I if people are proven to be guilty or pieces of shit, I have no problem with that. However, we I think it's incumbent upon us as a society to take a second, take a step back, look at what's out there, look at the story, look at the evidence, look at the people involved, and, and maybe say. There's a there's a little bit of a question of credibility in this person accusing another person of something that could violently alter their life, their employment, mm-hmm. their their position in society, and maybe before we go paint them with that vile vile title and that 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 name, maybe we just wait and find out.
0: Right. Um, so the the official word, of course, is, is that the Phoenix police. Um, informed Enzo Mori and his counsel that there was insufficient evidence in the matter to warrant any criminal charges, that the matter will not be transferred to the court attorney for prosecution and that the investigation case is closed. Now that says that there was, I I don't want to say that there was absolutely no evidence, but there was clearly not enough evidence to go forward. And, we, we kind of heard it from the start here on Enzo Amore's side, and, and like you said, other evidence was that this individual had a, a, a past that made her, her kind of painted as a liar because obviously we had – there was the video that came out saying that she faked a
1: pregnancy, that she herself said that. Um, there she was, herself there said was repeatedly a... she was out of her fucking mind crazy. Yeah. Um, her own words that, from her own mouth.
0: Yeah, um, she she had posted before, oh, I just I just spent 42 days in, in rehab. And then one of her fans was just like, well, 30 days ago, you were talking about stealing a Sharpie from a store. So how are you in rehab during that time? This is a person who has shown a lack of credibility in the past. And these claims that she made, she wasn't able to back them up. And clearly, you know, uh, Enzo Moore was able to to show, hey, I was he there was nowhere near her when she claims this has happened or was near her, but was able to show that it didn't happen
1: either way. And, and her friend um, who is clearly her friend because he appeared in several of her videos had text mm-hmm. messages and showed them of her saying, Hey, guess what? I was just, I just got to bang a WWE guy. Yeah. Or something to that effect. So she seemed pretty like uh, braggadocious about something that uh, if right. it had actually happened the way she said it is, is not something you would typically brag about. Right, and this is this is what the issue that I took with it was, um,
0: I I'm never one to to victim blame or victim shame on exactly. things, uh, and but, that was not my when, intent in that original discussion. Right. But when but when I see something that that seems very fucking suspect, I I have to call out and say, this is detrimental to the people who have actually gone through things like this. You know, this is something that. That you shouldn't try to use just to get attention online, which, which clearly at this point seems to be the case. She wanted to get her name out there. She wanted to get, you know, to, to get famous online or like that. I would, I would, at this point, I'm going to assume that Enzo Mori is not going to, you know, file charges against her because he probably just wants to be done with this, but he'd be in his right to do so. Because that is some serious claims that you know filing you know filing fake police reports and things like that is a crime. It um, cost him his livelihood. It cost him his job. Yep. Um, and and there is no doubt about it that this that it did cost him his job. You know we know that for a fact that W B turned around and said, well he knew about about these allegations you know for, before because he was contacted by the police. He didn't tell. WWE, and that's why they immediately fired him once this video came, you know, became public, you know. So they probably would have suspended him had he have come forward and and, and said it to them beforehand. Um, but well, but if the point, allegations yeah.
1: were never filed, there would have been no problem. So it did, in point yeah, of fact, exactly. cost him his job. Exactly. Yes. It it she she cost him his livelihood, um,
0: and. She's probably not going to face any repercussions, other than the fact that she's going to lose her, you know, some of her followers. The rest of her followers are going to stick around because they, they, you know, they're fucking batshit crazy as well,
1: and, 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 and they probably this,
0: still sit there.
1: And in this world of the internet we live in, there are people who will now go and follow her simply to see what it's all about. Um. Mm-hmm. So, and and to your point, we the last thing I ever intended with my topic, my my comments from weeks and months ago, whenever it was. Uh, was not to victim shame. I'm I'm exceptionally sensitive uh, to that type of crime and, and the people who commit them and the people who suffer from them. Uh, but I think you also need to. I think we as a society will be far better off when we get out of the mob mentality of just as soon as somebody is accused of something, we grab pitchforks, light them on fire, and fucking go after them. Let's wait. Let's let, let's let the evidence come out. Let's let the investigation take place. Let's let's continue to do the things that this country was founded on. When I say that, I mean things like innocent until proven guilty. And we've gone mm-hmm. way the fuck far away from that at this point. And unfortunately for him, uh, Enzo sort of fell victim to that.
0: Right. Exactly. Um,
1: but, hey, you know what? Now, that, doesn't mean, a... that doesn't mean Eric Arndt, who plays Enzo Amore, isn't a piece of shit. He very well may be. I don't know. Um, right. I'm just, of course, speaking to this one particular incident of which we had we have been privy to some of the details.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, we did mad- wind up getting a hashtag Enzo was innocent trending on Twitter for a while, though, so that was nice. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so um, obviously this uh, this individual has I, turned I around. and believe and, Enzo has uh, now
1: been charged with the murder of John JonBenet Ramsey. Oh,
0: there you go. Um, it, it would appear as though that, uh, you know, she has kind kind of quiet on social media. So um, probably for the better that she, you know, gets the fuck out of the spotlight for a little bit.
1: For for a very little bit. People who are thirsty like that typically will reappear.
0: Right. Yeah. So, it looks like five days ago was the last time that she posted something. And, yeah, it's the same dumb shit as before. So, yeah. Clearly somebody who... She's only got 621 subscribers. That's probably, that's fucking funny as hell. Uh, anyways, yeah. So,
1: But Twitter uh, followers, friend. Instagram like, there's all sorts of different mediums now. You yeah. can't just
0: judge it by the YouTube
1: channel. Yeah.
0: I think that her, her Twitter got shut down.
1: That doesn't so. mean she didn't open a new one.
0: Right. Perhaps um, she's time I, traveling. Maybe. I just completely fucked these numbers. Why are you doing that to me? Stop it.
1: I'm not doing anything. <laughs> No, it's just me. Just fucking hit undo, man. Oh yeah, well, Whatever. Whatever. Ah, that only undoes the changes I did. Never mind. Well, I'll, great I'll, fix podcast. It. I'll fix Clearly. It. Yeah, you're doing a great fucking job fixing it.
0: I'm fixing it. All right. All right. So, so we don't edit go.
1: during the show, Troy.
0: I'm just trying to make sure I don't do a topic twice. Okay, so our main event of the perfect ten this evening. Who is to blame for the lackluster WWE product? Now, to me, I, it's never one person. I know everyone wants to put it on Vince McMahon. You know, I ah, use the fucking reason he's terrible. Blah blah blah. You know, he may have forged my childhood, but fuck him now. Um, to me, it. This Sal, is large. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, to me, this is largely um, a. a I don't know if the creative writing team needs to be refreshed or what, um, but we've been seeing a lot of lazy booking lately um, and lazy writing. And to me, I think that's the biggest thing: is the creative team right now is definitely not doing what they need to be doing. Um, now I know that obviously you know everything goes through Vince, but you know I mean there's a lot of things that you know creative are the creative are the people that turn around and. Present him with ideas on things, and if they're not presenting good ideas, it's going to translate to shit product. So you know the the way that this that the the main event of SmackDown's been booked lately has been god awful. Um, part of it is the the whole let's throw in an extra network special in there, um, you know, to kind of fuck everything up. You know, let's do let's do another fucking superstar shakeup right before pay per view, which always fucks things up instead of the night after a pay-per-view, because that would make much more sense. Um, I also think that the consolidation of, of pay-per-views is going to hurt as well. Um, having everything co-branded is going to make a lot of the stories fall to the wayside, and it's going to put a, a bigger emphasis on the main event of both shows instead of on the mid-card, which has been been a, an issue for the past Let's say 20 years that we haven't really had a, a strong mid card in the WWE for a long time, not strong storylines going on in the mid card for a long time. That's just the attitude where did we really have everybody have a storyline up and down the card. Um, so this is going to put, again, a further emphasis on the main event and less on, you know, the, the undercard guys because the spots for the pay per views are going to be few and far between now.
1: So. Uh- yeah. You said you can't really put it on one person, and, and and I'll agree with that. But I think there is one, or maybe one descriptor you can you can sort of put it on, at least in my opinion. And, and to me, that is the words stockholders. And, and the reason I say that is because to me the problem is that we've stopped trying to be a wrestling promotion and tried to be a big money making corporation, and they've almost gotten too big for themselves at this point, because now decisions aren't being made for what's best for the storyline. Decisions aren't being made for what's best for the television show. Decisions are being made based on what's best for the business. And that's how you get things like complete non-canon events that screw up storylines like The Greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, that's when you make decisions based on who's selling the most action figures or video games rather than who the fans are actually reacting to in the arenas. Um, the business side of things, it's there, and the marketing side is there, and it's there for everybody. But it has to be the secondary piece. It, The product, the, the storyline, the television show – That you're you're offering has to be the primary focus, and I don't think it has been for quite a while. Now, there are people that sit there and say, first off, what you can't blame is the wrestlers, the performers, uh, the men and women in the locker room, because here's the thing we just talked about All In and how that sold out in 30 minutes. We've talked about New Japan. Even NXT, for their part, those products. Don't suffer from the same thing. You don't ever, nobody ever leaves an NXT show and goes, oh, that was fucking boring and predictable. Nobody ever says that about an NXT show. Nobody ever says that about a New Japan show. Nobody's going to say that about All In. They're going to say that about a WWE show. And when you look at NXT, you look at basically it's Triple H. It's his storylines. It's his, He's Sure, he's got people working for him, but it's his vision. It goes the way he wants it to. Vince, and and to his part, I understand, two shows, giant, huge rosters, lots of responsibilities, and and he still has his fingers all over the product. But he's got a staff of writers who used to write for soap operas. Not wrestling people. Not wrestling writers. Triple H is an old-school wrestling guy. He knows how to tell wrestling stories. We're not telling wrestling stories on the main roster anymore. We're telling soap opera stories. We're telling, you know, well, Braun and Alexa fuck. We're telling, you know, Alexa's a mean girl and Bailey's this is your life. We're telling. We're not telling wrestling stories anymore, and that to me is their biggest issue. The business side in WWE, at least on the main roster, has won out over the wrestling side, and until that flips back. And given the money that they're taking in and they're about to get off their new TV deal, I don't know that it's ever going to flip back. But until it does, you're going to continue to see the promotions that still focus on the wrestling aspect on the rise. Your Ring of Honors, your whatever independent shows that Joey Janela, The Young Bucks, or whoever else puts on, your New Japan thing, these things are all going to become a bigger part of the wrestling lexicon because of, the WWE, they're 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 creating their own competition with the way they're doing their business.
0: Right. And as we as we've heard now with, uh, you know, the the TV contracts coming up here um, around September, it's not likely to change Nope, because now WWE needs to make a push to try to to bring in, especially if SmackDown, like we've heard, is going out for open bid. They're going to try to up those uh, those ratings as much as they can to try to get as much money as they can out of the deal. And right now, SmackDown's at an all-time low in their ratings.
1: I don't, so, I don't I, think it's all-time. I think it's maybe since they went live.
0: Uh, since since the brand split, sorry,
1: they're they're at the lowest. This is because it had since since some the, pretty low in those, the TV taping days. It's a pretty fucking yes, low ratings. Yeah. Yeah,
0: this is the lowest since the brand split, since they started to actually care about SmackDown Live. Um, Yeah, you're right, since it it became SmackDown Live. Um, So, yeah, so they're going to try to do something there. Um, So I would expect that the storylines are going to shift over there as we get closer and closer to the end of the year, just to try to get as much money as they can out of the deal.
1: And and to the point, largely, and there are cases the other way around, but look at how tone-deaf they are to what their fans are telling them. I mean, Mm -hmm. you can watch one episode of Raw and come away with why, and everyone hates Roman Reigns. Why is he a good guy? Everyone loves Rusev. Why is he not on TV every week? Why is he not in the main event picture? And these are all things that, as a fan, you can sit there and watch them and, and like, this is fucking obvious. Like, you could beat me over the head with this. And they just decide that their business side says this is not the best way to do it or, it's not how we want to do it or this guy doesn't fit whatever portfolio we're working on this month and so they right. just ignore it and that's where the disconnect
0: is right and this this is this has been an ongoing issue for for decades at this point where they don't always push the guy who is the most popular um it's it's far more egregious now in the internet age than it was when Zach Ryder kind of got internet famous when they didn't quite know how to capitalize on social media and but, and on the whole internet sensation but even now it's then even...
1: he was main eventing raw and they put the u.s title on him so they yeah. try to at least make some effort to run with that
0: right but you know that the that the writing room and the guys backstage they're looking at reddit they're looking at you know different different youtube videos that people put up they're looking at different social media things looking at what's trending and for some reason, there at some point in time, that information is getting taken and thrown right in the garbage. You're just ah, no, I don't give a fuck about that. And that's the issue: is if you want more people to tune into your show, you should put push the guys that are most popular. You know, obviously you need foils for them and stuff like that, but you know, Jinder Mahal versus Roman Reigns is not the answer. No. You know, they've they've tried and and they failed with Jinder Mahal he needs to well it's going to be a know.
1: giant face now
0: yeah um that it seems like that's what what they're looking for there um there's they have so much talent they probably the, the most talent they've had on the roster ever and a lot of it is just being wasted on you know either not being on the show or being mishandled in so that way they can turn around and continue to push Randy Orton which At this point, everyone's just like he's a he's a fucking wet fart. Um, You know, continue to push Roman Reigns as a face, and that's not working. If they turn him heel, they'd probably get a boost in ratings from it, and they would probably be able to sell more merchandise of Roman Reigns as well. But I think that they're so fucking afraid of it because they need somebody as as a face, even though he's not even at the fucking upfronts. You know, like he's supposed to be the be the top face in the company, and you're not even using him to sell your show. It's the weirdest fucking thing. You're well, why using. Why would you do p- that
1: when you can have Nia Jax grab her belt and get in Rhonda's face and go, can you do this? Can you be the women's champion? Can you do that? Can you be the women's because Because yeah. I'd like to challenge you. Yeah. That was fucking a- brutal. <laughs> yeah. They turned around
0: and used three fucking part timers. To sell their show and the one fucking person that they brought in that's a full-time worker is the one that can't fucking talk you
1: and know? by the way took a nice lovely picture of ronda rousey standing there and smiling with stephanie mcmahon and triple h because fuck mm-hmm. kayfabe
0: right exactly so yeah but we can we could go on for fucking hours on on this shit um but it seems like we're we're generally on the same page on that where uh, we, bo- we both we at least agree that there's there's issues here and that there doesn't seem to be an end in sight on them.
1: Yeah, and, and again, to the to the point that some people said, oh, well, they don't have compelling talent. That's bullshit. They have the best wrestlers in the world. Right. And you could sit here and talk to me all week about Kenny Omega, and Kenny Omega's great as an in-ring performer. AJ Styles is the best wrestler in the world. Seth Rollins is quickly moving up that fucking list. Finn Balor is one of the best wrestlers in the world. It's not the wrestlers. It's the way they're booked. It's the way the story's laid out. It's the way the matches. And part of that is due to the fact that they just have giant fucking rosters and they want to get TV time for everybody they want to push instead of, and, and you look at NXT and NXT doesn't showcase everybody every week. They still mm-hmm. manage to build storylines that by the time their event rolls around you're compelled and interested in, but you'll go weeks without seeing Johnny Gargano or Tommaso Ciampa or Andrade Cien Almas or Alistair Black where they're just not on the fucking show.
0: Right. And it's and it's also a show that right now I feel like is telling two or three of the best storylines out there. You know, with uh um with Alistair, with Velveteen Dream with the uh, um, you know the undisputed era and with you know Shayna Baszler as well as um, fuck what was I thinking um, yeah they they uh, Gargano and Chapa they've been telling some of the best storylines down there and they've been doing it like you said on a one hour show that they can't even feature all their talent on and everybody sits there and 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 wants SmackDown to go to three hours but they can't even tell a con- a compelling two hours of television. And you know, they're they're sitting there and continuing to not utilize their time the best way that they possibly can. Where you continue to have guys like Ty Dillinger just not fucking used. Um, you know, you continue to have the, i guess this the,
1: team with our truth just fell by the wayside, huh?
0: Yep. Yep, that was a one week thing. Um and we continue to put a lot of fucking focus on the new day when, you know, for what? You know, their their shtick has become kinda tired at this point. Everybody's kinda calling for them to break up or do something different. And they continue to get thirty minute segments. And other guys can't fucking sniff the card.
1: Because pancakes.
0: Yep, because pancakes. Because they sell a lot of merchandise. But we're not gonna do anything with them, but they sell a lot of merchandise. So with that we'll go ahead and start talking about some of the indie dates and uh things that are happening around you. So Jason
1: well, we can start with uh, Lucky Pro Wrestling as they present Toy Town Showdown on Saturday, May 19th at the Wendell P. Clark Memorial YMCA in Winchendon, Massachusetts. That is just this Saturday, actually. Uh, it's a special fundraiser event for the Clarks YMCA, building Brighter Futures annual campaign. It will also feature Impact Wrestling star Alicia Edwards versus Isana The LPW Women's Champion, Adira and Vanity Vixen, versus Jocelyn and Rosalie. Shady Cash takes on Kingly on the 6th. The Aristocrats, Thomas and uh, Tomahawk, sorry, and Zachary Pierre-Blue, take on Big Money. Robbie the Giant and Perry Von Vicious, also scheduled to appear, as opposed to scheduled to appear. Also scheduled to appear, the Selfie Made Man, Vern Vicalo, Retro Anthony Green, Riot Kellen Thomas, and many others. There will also be a special over-the-top Toy Town Rumble with the winner facing the LPW Hard Knocks champion at Star Clash on June 23rd in Clinton. Tickets are now on sale at LuckyProWrestling.com or at the Clark YMCA.
0: Alright, and Brew City Wrestling returns to the Elks Lodge in Waukesha, Wisconsin on Saturday, May 19th with Retribution. Bell time is 7.30, doors open at 6.45, tickets are ringside $20, advance $16 using PayPal on BrewCityWrestling1.com, or $18 to the door. Kids 10 and under are just $10. Then stay at the Elk's and join the stars of Brew City Wrestling for the after party, which uh, this is fun for all ages. Already signed... A six-women take team match as the Midwest Slayers, Tisha Shadows, Evil Sierra, and Lena D'Ora take on Blue Phoenix, Vanessa Azor, Tess Valentine, and Melanie Cruz. We'll have a take team match as Roadhouse James Vincent and Mouth of the Midwest JP take on Brandon Blaze and ROH Star Brew- Beer City Bruiser. We'll have a flaming casket match as the God of death, Funnybone, takes on Evil Dysfunction. GPA will take on High Octane Onyx and Tyler Sullivan will, will face off against Sean Priest, and we'll see a tag team match as Derek St. Holmes and Manservant Baxter take on the sexy shooters Mario Cravello and shooter Scott Marciano. I guess he got rid of his tag team partner. Interesting. Uh, go to dot onecom for more information. Follow him on Twitter at BCW1. Uh, like him on Instagram at Bruce City Wrestling, and go to Facebook.com slash Wrestling the number one, for more information. <clears throat> ICW returns on Sunday, May 20th to the La Pica Lounge with an electrifying night of violence. Doors open at 3.30 p.m., 4 p.m. bell time. Ringside right now is a sold out. And Second don't bring gen- the kids. That's right. Second row and general admission are $15. This is, of course, Milwaukee's only R-rated pro wrestling show. We'll have a special bonus for ICW fans as ROH TV champion The Last Real Man, Silas Young, will be signing autographs and stealing your women before the show. Doors open at two at, at 3.20 p.m. That's an odd time. That's a the special time. Bonus. <laughs> Doors open at 3.27 p.m. <laughs> yep. uh, the main event of the show will see an electrified light tube death match for the ICW alternative title between Dysfunction and Mo Foley. The ICW World Title will be on wait, line. Wait, wait Mo Foley's not fighting Pit He is not. Holy shit! They are in different matches this this time. Uh, they have they have finished their feud and have gone different ways. ICW World Title will be on line in a weapons match. As Psycho Chase McCoy will take on the Greek franchise Gkujanos The we will have an insane fuckery death match <laughs> as the plague bringer Marcus Crane takes on Pit The ICW Midwest title will be on on line in a fatal four-way match as Sierra takes on Mario Andrew Crivello with Dana Dana Adiva and the high-class villain Rock King as well as Mason. There will be a no-rules grudge match between Corporal Robinson and the most-hated Kato. The ICW... Went a little too far there. The ICW Take Team Championship will be on the line as Shoots and Wanderers, Scott Marciano, and AC Riley. There's his Take Team partner. Along with Jason J, take on the Bear Kingdom, Juan Hernandez, and Oso Toroco. We will have a mystery challenge event as the fabled one Aesop Mitchell will take on someone from his past. It's not me, just so you it's, know. Oh, that, that would sorry. have been fun.
1: Yeah, I I figured I would just, in case anybody was feeling about making that trip and thinking they were going to see me take on... Aesop Mitchell, it's just not going to happen. They they couldn't pay my rate. All we right. talked. There were some negotiations. But... All right.
0: And the winner of the next match will get a title shot against either Shoots and Wanderers or the Bear Kingdom, whoever wins that match, as Resort Life, Captain Spicoli, and First Mate, Isel La Sambra. Is the Bear Kingdom a bunch of really hairy gay dudes? I'm going to assume so. <laughs> Uh, yes,
1: Resort Life, Captain Spicoli, and First Mate, Del La Sombra. Okay, I'm on... just saying, when we're talking about big, hairy, gay guys, and then you follow it up with Resort Life, Captain Spicoli, and the First uh-huh. Mate, that definitely yep. sounds like a, a, a gay porno. Yep. Well, we'll see what happens, because they're taking on Straight Hatred, Jack Blackwell, and Zach. Wait, wait, Wire. Wait, is, is Andrade Cien Almas on this show?
0: No, that's Elodilo. Adola? No, oh, it says La is on the show. That's Del La Sambra. Oh, not not sombra. That's, uh, did, that's, did, that's What is that's that's. What is Delasambra? The La sombra No, did La sombra. Didn't they
1: have that hit me myself and I or something?
0: Uh, no, no, that's not. Uh, anyways, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fall into that bit because otherwise you're just gonna be like, oh, it's Ricky Martin. Uh, what?
1: <laughs> no, Hoppen, La S- La sombra like was was Andrade Sinamos's gimmick in Mexico. I know it was. Uh, it says on my sheet, Lasombra is going to be there. Okay, that's true. Okay, so that's why I asked. Do I look like I'm Again. fucking crazy for asking that question? This His is... name was Lasombra. This shit says Lasombra is going to be there. I think that was a fair question to ask. This shit
0: says Del Lasombra is going
1: to be there. That means the Lisambre. The Different guys. <laughs> How can it be different guys if you're calling yourself the Del the Lasombra? Like, that indicates the one and only La Sombra, right?
0: I don't know at this point.
1: <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and... and I'm pretty it. sure it's going to be Andrade San Almas. So if I'm wrong, just ask them for your money back.
0: Well, again, <laughs> La Sombra is the shadow. Del La Sombra is from the shadow. So technically, it's his son. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and the final match of the card, Jacob Hoppen takes on Simon Says. Not kidding. That's his name. Simon Says. Spelled C-E-Z. C-E-Z, yep. Friday, May 25th, Wisconsin Professional Wrestling heads to The Gather on Broadway in Green Bay, Wisconsin for Battle on Broadway. I still think it's The Gather. It's not The Gather. It's not The Gaper. It's not whatever you want to else call it. The event will feature former WWE and TNA star Mr. Kennedy. Kennedy. We'll also see a TLC match for the C-O-K-O-T-C championship. Still don't know what that means.
1: Just thought you going to research that week. this week.
0: I couldn't find it. Uh, we will also see heavyweight champion Jared Jackson action as well as MDC, weapon next Logan Lynch, title town champion Sadist, and many more. Doors open at 7.30. Show begins at 8 p.m.
1: Is Sadist the guy's name, or is it just the title "Town Champion Sadist"? Like, is there more than one Sadist competing for that that title? I'm very unclear as to what's going on here.
0: His name is Sadist.
1: Okay. (laughs) You're next. I don't know why I thought thought you were doing doors open. Did you? I just did. Okay, I must have missed it. Anyway, Atlantic Pro Wrestling returns to action with Spring Loaded Saturday night, May 26th at 6 p.m. from the Newbury Elks at 25 Low Street, Newburyport, Massachusetts. Already signed as the main event, it is the. Rematch of former Three Kings allies now turned bitter enemies as the unequaled one Todd Sopel takes on Ring of Honor superstar the kingpin Brian Malonis. The APW New England champion bitter Buddy Romano with fellow Venom members the anti-Americans. Canadian legend Matt Loudon and the Sheik Abdullah Hassan defends his title against the winner of the number one contender New England Battle Royal earlier in the night. Also scheduled, the APW heavyweight champion Champagne Joe Mowgli with John Cena Sr. will defend his title in a hair versus hair match against the Hampton Beach bad boy Hunter Ward. The APW tag team champions the main state posse defend their titles against the anti-Americans. The APW women's champion Adira will be in action defending her championship. Also on the show, Mr. DTF Dan Terry, the selfie made king Vern Vicalo, D.L. Hurst, Brett Domino, Bugsy Stone, Ike, and Robo, the Punjabi Lion, and many, many more. Stay tuned for updates. Tickets are $12 at the door. Advanced are $10. Reserved front row seats are $15. And that also grants you early admission to the show. Tickets are available both at the door and at com slash products. This is an all-ages show. There is, however, a bar, which is 21 plus with proper ID. Doors open at 6. 6.30 is the bell time for the show. <laughs> What's that? Sorry. What's up?
0: Not that I just thought about something I'm going to do.
1: Okay. Go ahead. Keep up. Uh, stay tuned for updates. This card, as always, is subject to change.
0: Elk Mania Productions.
1: Elks! Ah. Oh,
0: fuck! Present the North Shore Rumble on June 2nd, a family-friendly pro-wrestling fundraiser for the Tools for Schools program. I got a tool for him. Was supplies, that what you were laughing so... at?
1: Was that line what you were planning? Nope. Okay.
0: Which donates school supplies to Salem students in need of school supplies.
1: Because after you're open to the show last week, I wouldn't be making jokes about giving your tool <laughs> to kids in school. Because Again, you so can edit could anything to make
0: it sound gay. The event will take place at the Beverly Salem Lodge <laughs> of Consumer. There's Beverly no Baxter. editing required. <laughs> you edited out where I said I wanted to curb stomp him. I'm you're pretty the one sure who I didn't like, edit
1: anything out of that. That was verbatim. You're the you
0: you cut the clip s- clip short I to did, make it a make I it did scene, not
1: edit anything out. That's what you accused scene. me of. And I am taking I am defending myself. I edited nothing out of that clip. Continue. You didn't edit anything out. I, I didn't say this Cut discussion the is closed, Troy. I did not edit anything out. Continue your read. I did not say I wanted to fucking do it in the butt. I didn't say you said anything. I let your comments speak for themselves. All right. Hopefully
0: <laughs> Elk Media like, likes this read. Doors up at 6.30 with bell time of 7 p.m. Tickets will be on sale for $10 in advance, $12 at the door. Already announced, the Middlesex Express, Stephen Broad and Stephen Lust will defend the New England tag team titles against a team of Bay State champion Derek Simonetti and newly crowned All-Star champion Insane Dick Lane. So that's two champions who will not be defending their championship belts in order to win other championship belts. Got it. (laughs) The former Bay State champion, Bitter Buddy Romano, he's probably bitter because he's like, I I don't get a title shot because the dude's going for the tag team belts. (laughs) Uh, returns to Elk Media on June 2nd as he goes one-on-one with the heavy shitter, Shay Cash. Nice. Foxy Vineyard. <laughs> Ring of Honor uh, TV competitor, oh, Foxy Vineyard. That's Fox Vineyard? Fox Vineyard. That uh, says Foxy. I don't know how that happened. Foxy Vineyard <laughs> takes on the uh, the unequaled asshole, Todd Sopel. <laughs> the ace, Mike Montero. The ace, Mike Montero, takes on the freak show, Sean Leader. 30 competitors will compete in this year's North Shore Rumble. The winner will receive a championship match of their choice at Elkmania 6. I would, uh, I would be watching out there, Derek Simon. You get too many championships and one of these guys is going to go for you. Because, of course, Bitter Buddy Romano is in the match, as well as the Heavy Shader Shay Cash, the Under Cockbag, Todd Sopel, the Ace, Mike Montero, (laughs) Tony the Tuna, the Freak Show, Sean Leader, Kevin Giles, Big Bear Matouch, Matouch, Matush. Big Bear at Mitucci. Uh Tough Talk Tony Spencer. Are you trying to edit him out so I don't say his name again? And that's... <laughs> why is he on there twice now? Oh. Uh, the unequaled Big of Cox Todd Sobel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Only on there once as far as I can see. Oh, okay.
0: Just making sure. That does it for the rundown for this Thursday, Bray 17th, 2018. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> Do you like follow? Follow us on Twitter at <laughs> rundown. <laughs>
1: what the fuck just happened there?
0: My my brain don't no work, no good. It's too late okay. at night. It's almost eleven o'clock. I'm I, I'm I'm past my bedtime.
1: Yeah, we can start fucking
0: recording sooner. <laughs> Well, I was working on a light fixture. What do you want? Email the show, rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 617-863-6967. 61-Rundown7. I should probably check. I thought that Sal was leaving us a voicemail, but apparently not. I think
1: Adam said he was. Is he? That's what he said.
0: Let me check. Let me check. We are now on Patreon. Head over to patreon.com slash rundownwrestling to become a patron. Currently, there are two reward levels. (gasps) The Rundowner. Which for five dollars a month grants you one patron episode of the rundown and rundown mania, which for ten dollars a month grants you a guest hosting spot on any of our rundown shows.
1: And uh, uh, just as an extra little something, uh, I will if you if you subscribe to the ten dollar rundown mania c- c- uh, level, I will also grant you exclusive access to my predictions for the upcoming WWE pay per views. Awesome, of time, ahead of time. I'll tell you who's going to win all the matches.
0: All right, me and Gene. Listen to our friends, the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, and Mike Crockett on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing with
1: new podcasts every Monday. Hey, there's some value. First off, you can now bet legally on those things in Mm -hmm. other servers that are in other countries. And I, if you recall, Troy, have not gotten a wrestling prediction wrong in a very, very long time for these events. So there is value in that. Thank you very much.
0: All right. Go to facebook.com slash the WPN. Jason is currently sucking his own dick
1: off. <laughs> the undisputed uh, prediction king on the rundown. Yep.
0: Or go to w- the Check out a friend, Justin Michaels, on a show yesterday on Waltz on Tough TV. Go to toughtv.com to stream it.
1: Just Stay. renewed for season three, I believe, I read recently. Oh, good job, buddy. So congrats to Justin for that one. Yeah.
0: yeah, stay tuned to the wrestling to the rundown wrestling podcast to hear our other shows. NXT here visited the rundown, sit down, WrestleMania Salvation, Glowstick, and the Nitro Mania podcast. Look at that! I can say all of them, and you can't make a joke because I put episodes out this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, last week I should say. Follow our hosts. Who keeps changing that back? By the way, but, it's not me. But follow our hosts at J Stewart. Zero nine twenty. That's hold on, hold on, hold on, one second. Good. Mm-hmm. At J S T U A R T zero nine two zero. Okay. Follow me at Rockstar Troy. Oh boy. Fa- follow at Resalmania Taz. <laughs>
1: It's
0: Ressalmania, Taz Maybe that's what you should have named his show. <laughs> not, the, not the fucking Taz show. Uh, at the Salmon Effect and at Johnny Analog. Dude, Thanks. Johnny Analog has really upped his game on Twitter lately. He has. Let's 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 read some Johnny Analog tweets. Why don't we? That seems Pray like a good
1: use of
0: Johnny Analog. How are you doing there, John Boy? Let's see. Johnny Analog hasn't tweeted. So he deleted <laughs> all of his tweets. Well, that sucks.
1: Uh, I wonder if he got any comments from us. Now, for the record, for those of you who are not following along with the gag, Johnny Analog was an entirely made-up fucking name that we used to describe generic creator-wrestler number one on something. And uh, apparently it was actually a real fucking person. So, I, I, do, I, like w- the fact,
0: I do like the fact that me and you are... Two of his 16 followers.
1: (laughs) Actually, you know what it was? It was based on, now I remember, it was based on one of, I think it was one of the uh, BCW guys. was like Ethan HD or something. Yes, it was. And the joke was, you know, if he's HD, he should be fighting Johnny Analog. And lo and fucking behold, there really is a Johnny Analog out there. I don't know what the fucking dude's got to hide that he deleted all his tweets, though.
0: I don't Start, know either.
1: starting to question if we should be promoting him on the show. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't. Clearly uh, fucking, just, so just go follow Rest Sal Mania Taz.
0: There you go. I should also check if that's real or not. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's
1: fucking Sal's handle, dude. Of course it's real.
0: Um, Twitter is telling me that is not a real account.
1: Oh, he must have spelled it wrong on this sheet. Hold on. We'll, we'll get it to you next week. Is there a hyphen, maybe?
0: Maybe. I don't know. Uh apparently also WrestleMania Taz is not real either. That's weird. Shit. I feel like what well, how do we screw this up?
1: Oh hold on. Um try that one.
0: Uh Russell
1: Manella Taz? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I totally spelled it wrong, but I think that I'm pretty sure that's it. I think that's what Sal told us it was.
0: Okay. So be sure to like our friend at Selma Nasordine. <laughs> uh, well, she appears to be Muslim. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe don't follow her um, because I because <laughs> our fans, they're you know, <laughs> there was uh, they're not to be trusted. Uh, anyways, yeah. Uh, follow Follow WrestleMania Salvation on la, online on Twitter at official Taz. And that does it. <laughs> Thank you to, for all of you for listening. Thank you to Jason for joining me. Hey, thanks, Troy. As always, and thanks to our awesome team sign. Next week, we come in each other's mouths.
1: I did not sign up for that. And you're in fucking Wisconsin, and I'm in Massachusetts, so it's going to be like fucking very, it's going to have to be a very high-pressure, high-powered, and accurate come shot. Unless you're planning a vacation. let oh, we'll see. Sometimes people just sneak up behind me and be like, boo, here's my dick. Mm-hmm. Happen. So I guess that means we'll see you next Thursday. (laughs)
0: Bye-bye. The Rundown Wrestling Podcast was created and subsequently abandoned by Taz and is produced and edited by Taz. This episode was hosted by Taz. We are a member of the Questionable Taz Network. Check out all of our other podcasts and shows on questandnetwork.taz. And tune in next week for an all new episode of The Taz Show.
1: I appreciate sure that's a copyright violation. <laughs>